Welcome to the fourth episode of the 4 Out 1 In podcast with your host, George Hamilton III. And Carlos Costas. How you doing, bro? Um, honestly, I'm good. I'm excited for playoff basketball. Just watched the, the Nets beat the Cavs, and now we got the Clipper game right now happening. I mean, me and you were talking before the pod. We were just talking about Cat being playing kind of soft in this first <laughs> half. But how you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, baseball season just started, so I've been watching a lot of Giants games and getting ready for the playoffs as well. Uh, I missed part of the Brooklyn Cavs game. I caught the, the second half, but uh, apparently KD and Kyrie looked good, so I'm not surprised. And I kind of had them winning that game anyway. But uh, look, looking forward to this Clipper game while it's on. And for sure. Yeah. I mean, to – to hold on to 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 start off with this with this plan talk the Brooklyn I mean Kyrie looked phenomenal um in the first half he was like a perfect like 10 for 10 9 for 9 something like that um with like one layup he was getting to his spots Cleveland had no answer for him um who was on him I think uh I mean Karis LeVert had KD and Kyrie he had either assignment and I think Rondo took the other but I mean, they were they were playing KD as as best as they could, and then the times that KD, um, when they played him full court, KD literally like stopped at half court and was like, "All right, Kai, the rest of the team go to work." And I mean, they just got whatever they wanted. Cleveland, um, it looked like they were playing uh, some hero ball, and then the times they ran a set, uh, it it worked in their favor, but. Um, Hopefully they can pick things up. Uh, I would like to see them in the playoffs. I like DG's one of my guys. Um, so yeah, hopefully they, they get another win. But I mean, it's a tough out. Charlotte and Atlanta, they're both two teams that can definitely make some noise in that that playing game too. So I mean, I guess before we get into the awards and all that and the NBA teams and all that, I guess we can make our predictions for uh, tomorrow's playing games. So out of Charlotte, well, oh, go ahead. Well, yeah, okay, Charlotte, Atlanta, I think I'm going to give the edge to Atlanta. I think Trae Young's been on an absolute tear, and I don't think they're about to stop him, uh, especially he's a big moments type of guy. I don't think they're stopping him. And I guess you can you can make the other pick for New Orleans, San Antonio, and then I'll say mine for both. Um. Honestly, I don't really know who I'm gonna pick because I mean, I, I mean, this Clipper game, obviously, I homer pick, but I mean, the Clippers look like the good right now to win this game, and then even in the next game, I think Minnesota's gonna take it. I think we're we're locked seven and eight. I don't see San Antonio or New Orleans giving um giving either team, whether it's the Timberwolves or the Clippers, uh, a tough game. Um, but if I had to pick, uh, I think I'm gonna go with uh, with New Orleans. I like it. I like both picks. Uh, I mean, reasons re- reason being for that. I mean, I think I think just they have a little more experience in the playoffs um, than the Spurs do. I don't know if any of one on the Spurs have has been in a playoff series when I think about it. But, I mean, you got some vets. Uh, 
uh, on the Pelican side. I mean, CJ running in, BI. Um, yeah, I think they could pull out a win. All right. I like both picks. Uh, as for me, as I, I'm going to agree with you on the Atlanta-Charlotte pick, I've caught a lot of the Atlanta Hawks games. They look really good. Injuries were sort of the problem they had this year. But uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, while they play fast because LaMelo and them are, are young, they are one of the worst defensive teams, if I'm not mistaken, in the league. So, uh, I mean, obviously the big matchup is Trey Young versus LaMelo Ball. But at the same time, it's going to come down to the role players. And I wholeheartedly believe Atlanta's role players are better than Charlotte's. And as for San Antonio and New Orleans, uh, I got New Orleans. Uh, CJ McCollum, new uh, what was it? Trade deadline acquisition. Couldn't think of the name. Uh, trade deadline yeah, yeah. acquisition got hot right after they uh, right after he came along. Obviously, they took the ninth spot from the Lakers, and the Lakers fell down after that. But uh, and then as for San Antonio, San Antonio is just in a rebuilding phase. So I think the best thing for them is to kind of get into the lottery again and uh, go from there because New Orleans. Literally, we're just wait. The entire NBA is waiting on Zion to come back to see what this team can actually do. So I have sure. oh, go ahead. Uh, so I have New Orleans winning the nine ten game, and then but I do have them losing to the winner of Clippers or losing to the loser of Clippers Timberwolves. Right. Yeah, I think we're we're for sure in agreement on all of these. Yep. So I guess from there we can uh you want to go into playoff predictions right now or uh yeah, let, let's let's get into it straight from right. the plane. Let me uh let me bring up the bracket on my other computer cuz I don't know if I'm able to look it up on the actual podcast without it being copyrighted. Uh so bracket uh east or west first? Uh, let's go with the East. All right. So Miami, uh, I mean, we can wait on Miami Atlanta. Well, we both said, well, we didn't actually say who would win between Cleveland and Atlanta or yeah. Cleveland. Atlanta. Uh, oh, that is a very tough game because I'm a fan of the Cavs, but I do believe in Trey Young. I feel very wrong for me to just call Trey Young like the entire Atlanta Hawks, but I mean, the season that he's had and the momentum he's coming in in these last couple games of the regular season, um, I think, I think Atlanta might pull through on this one. I think the inexperience um, of Cleveland uh, showed against this Nets team too. Um, without a doubt, I would love to see them in the playoffs and in the seven game series, but. Now that I think about it, and now that I, I don't know if I, when I look at it, I think I like Atlanta. Uh, yeah, I, this is going to be a toss up because if Jared Allen plays, I might give the edge to the cleat to the Cavs just because Garland versus Trey Young, they probably will cancel out. So it just comes down to Levert and the role players for the Cavs against 
uh, like John Collins, Capella, and the role players for the Hawks. So that one is honestly a toss-up. And I would honestly say give the edge to the to the Cavs. I'm going to disagree with you on this one. I mean, if Jared Allen comes back, uh, understandably so. He's a, he was an all-star this year, had a great season holding down the defense, um, and is pretty productive on offense. So, I mean, I could see it go whatever way. I'm, I'm not, I won't even be mad at it, honestly. I'd love to see any of those teams um, in the East. I, I just like how competitive the East is, whether the top or the bottom in this plan. Um, you know, I think when the East is good, it's just good for the NBA in general. So I'm, I'm happy with whatever pick. I won't be mad. Uh, I'd love to see whatever team. Um, I, just, I just want some good basketball to be played. That's uh, Trey Young over his last five games has averaged. He's put up 36, 36, 36 and 10, 26 and 15, 30 and 11, 35 and 8 and 28 and 11. On good efficiency. What was, record? what was their record? Uh, they went three and two. I don't know, man. I stray. He's he's not one to play with. Uh, yeah. So uh, from that, I guess we can make the arguments for both the the Cavs and the Cavs and the Atlanta Hawks against Miami since they're the number one seed. Um, I think, I mean, I think Miami is going to pull through, uh, I don't know, four or five, um, six at most. I do not see that series going to seven, um, whether it's the Cavs or um, it's the Hawks. Um, but I don't know. I think Miami's too too well of a team. They, even though they're kind of, I don't want to call them old, but I don't want to call them young. They're like a a weird in-between where they got some some vets and some young guys, but even their young guys are vets because they went on um, a title run in the bubble. So, I mean, I think they have way too much experience under their belt. I think uh, the chemistry they played with all season is a big reason why they came out of the uh, top of the East. Um, so, yeah, I like them in that in, in their first round, whoever they, they play against. Uh, I will agree with you. The I feel like Miami – They've been sort of, I don't want to say slept on because obviously other teams in that in the that conference include Philly, Milwaukee, and, and Brooklyn on top of Boston as well. And Miami, they've just been coasting it. I mean, Jimmy Butler hasn't had the best season. He's been injury prone and he's had some games where he hasn't played well. But Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, those guys have stepped up really well. And I believe that Miami will probably, as you said, take it. They'll be either Atlanta or Cleveland. I'd say five for Cleveland. I'd give Cleveland a game and six for Atlanta. Trey Young will find a way to get two games. <laughs> oh, for sure. I think Trey can take a game from you. Uh, I mean, if Trey puts up like, I don't know, 30 plus. Um, we'll go with like 36 plus Trey's very capable of doing that 36 plus and 10 in a playoff series. Um, him being an underdog, uh, I could, I could very well see that. Let me just say this, that I love that the top two seeds in both conferences have been like crept their way to the top very quietly. Um, you know, the Phoenix Suns made a title run and, uh, and everything, but I still think they have had a very quiet season. 
um, in the media's eyes, I guess. And, and Memphis too. I mean, when, when jaw went down, they kind of got stopped getting talked about as much. Um, I mean, jaw gets you all the clicks and stuff, but I mean, you can't, you can't sleep on the seasons that, that those two have been having. And on top of that, uh, Miami and Boston, both comfortably uh, in the one and two spot in the East. Um, I don't know. I just like that. It's not any, uh, I don't even want to say it's like a, uh, like a small market team because I wouldn't even call it that at this point. Um, just like less talked about teams sitting at the top. Um, I think it's going to be super exciting and, you know, great for those cities too. But what, what what's our next matchup in the East, the 4-5? Four, 4-5. Five? Four, five. So Philly and Toronto. Now Philly, uh, they won't have Matisse Leibold for the road game. So who would you take? Uh, I mean, my, my first instinct is Philly and I'm going to say Philly, but I do think that Toronto can give you a series. I think, uh, even though it's been a couple of years, the Toronto Philly, uh, almost want to call it a rivalry. Um, it's going to be a good one. And this year's going to be another good one too. I think, uh, Toronto is playing with some, uh, I don't know, like, there are a bunch of underdogs, like top to bottom. Look at their roster. If it's Freddie, if it's Pascal, Pascal snub from All Star, everyone's gonna you know say that. Uh, I mean Gary Trent, who got who got traded and it was kind of overlooked. Um, even Scotty Barnes, no one even wanted. Yeah, I mean he was what the fourth pick, but everyone thought he was gonna go like five or lower. So I mean you can even count him as an underdog too. So I think they're definitely gonna play with the chip on their shoulders. And then I think Joel has a lot to prove. Um, uh, him and and James Harden, I think they both have a lot to prove um, trying to make this work. But, I mean, that duo has looked so solid. And Joel leading the league in, in scoring, finishing with, what, 30, 30 a game? Yeah. Um, I think he's going he's gonna to perform in the playoffs for sure, uh, as long as he stays healthy. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Philly and – Six. All right. Uh, partially, I, I will agree with you. I got Philly in seven. Uh, I saw a post on Twitter yesterday and from someone, I can't remember the account, and it had a list of it was a basketball reference page. Uh, basketball I know what you're talking about. Of all of the players on the Raptors and like their height. And I'm like, this might be a challenge for, for Philly to actually score against this team. Like, Joel is probably still going to get his 30 and 10, 30 and 11. But this will come down to James Harden playing well, Tyrese Maxey playing well. Tobias Harris might be the X factor just because they're going to need him in the games Matisse Thibault really doesn't, doesn't play. And, and I'm like, Toronto? Toronto could give – Philly a good seven game series like I wouldn't underestimate them at all like Pascal Fred as you said Gary Trent Scotty Barnes possibly rookie of the year I know he's like sort of out of the running a lot of people have Cade and Evan Mobley but uh Scotty Barnes I mean even the bench they have Thaddeus Young Kim Birch they have a bunch of solid role player guys that out of nowhere, they just went from a 
put, uh, a potential, not a potential, but a projected lottery team to the fifth seed in the conference, which no one really expected. So I give Philly, in, I got Philly in seven, but I would not be surprised if Toronto were to shock the NBA world and beat Philadelphia. And I can only imagine if that were to happen, what would happen with James Harden and Joel Embiid? I mean, I just to think of hypotheticals, um, I don't know. I think James Harden resigned, but that's a whole different, that's a whole different topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a whole different topic. Uh, so I guess we'll move on to the three and the six, which is Milwaukee and Chicago. This is a Midwest matchup that I've been waiting for um, the whole season. Uh, man, these are two teams that uh, I don't even know what to say. I mean, we talked about it. I think I'm not sure if we talked about it in the first episode or the warm-up episode that we called it. Um, that the Bulls have not beat any top three teams uh, like this whole season, basically. Um, and they're playing the MVP, one of the MVP runners and defensive player of the year runners and defending champs, the Bucks um, of all teams. So I think uh, Chicago definitely has a lot to prove, but I'm going to have to give it to Milwaukee in, in five. I think um, – as good of a season as DeMar and Zach have been, I think Zach still – I think the playoffs are going to be very different for him. I think this is his first playoff series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's the um, – In his career. Oh. Yeah, right? He's the only one that didn't make the playoffs, right? He was the oldest player. Yeah. That's something like that. So, I think um, – uh, I mean, I don't really know what to expect from from Zach. He could it's his first playoff series again, as good of a player as he is. And then um, a lot of your role players that you had to start off the season kind of went down. And I think, uh, like, I think they don't match up well with Giannis at all. Um, I don't think they have anyone that can slow down Giannis. I don't even want to say stop because that's not even the question. I don't think they have anyone to slow down. Um, Giannis and when Giannis is firing on all cylinders there I mean you saw it last year they won a championship so I'm I'm calling Bucks in five uh I got Bucks in six I do believe the Bulls can take two games from them uh it just depends on how DeMar DeRozan will play will will the DeFrozen nicknames come out Wolves and and Zach Levine and how the team and how Zach Levine plays in his first playoff series and how the team performs overall. Uh, I got the the season series for Bulls and Bucks. Uh, obviously, the Bulls lost every game. There was only two close games, uh, both one in Jan at the end of January and one at the beginning of March, uh, which were four uh, Bucks by four and then Bucks by six. And then late March, they played again in late March and then early April, and the Bucks beat the Bulls by like 40. Uh, well, Bucks beat the Bulls by 40 in the third game, and then in the fourth game, they beat them by like 20. So, I mean, it'll just come down to how the Bulls play. As you said, I don't think, as you mentioned, I don't think they have anyone to stop Giannis. Uh, in one of the games I watched, I think it was the, the January 21st game, if I'm not mistaken, um 
that game, they had Caruso on Giannis. And while Caruso was locking up Giannis on some plays, like you, you're not going to expect him to do that for at least half of the half of the game. And you're going to have to rely on a guy like Patrick Williams, who basically missed all of this season uh, to try and guard Giannis along with Javante. I want to say it's Javante Green or Javante Smart, but I think it's Javante Green. Uh, you're going to have to rely Green. on him. Yeah. Okay. I was like, I think there's Javante Smart in like Miami or something like that. Um, but Javante Green yeah, to right. guard Giannis. So like, it's going to be a toss up or not a toss up. It's going to be hard for the Bulls. I do think they can take two games, at least maybe in Chicago. Um I don't see them. And then obviously Chris Middle for the Bucks, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, they're going to be the second and third options. Uh, Bobby Portis. Bobby uh, P. I don't know if he will start, but if he does, nah, he probably won't start. Uh, but off the bench, he's going to give you at least 15 probably, along with Pat Connaughton giving you at least 10, just hitting threes consistently. Uh, villain Grayson Allen <laughs> being a huge part of that rotation and I think the Bucks will uh win in six as for our last series we've got Boston and Brooklyn a flip of last year uh Brooklyn being the seven seed Boston being the two seed uh who you got <laughs> I mean damn, dude this is such a tough series because I mean it's really not a 2-7 matchup. Like, records aside, this is not a 2-7 matchup. This is like a conference finals type um, matchup here. And I think it's big time that you're going to have Kyrie the entire time for mm-hmm. a whole seven-game series. And I think this one will stretch out to seven. I think um, – uh, I mean, is Robert Williams, is he, is he healthy? Uh, let me see. I feel like he, I feel like they said he'd be back, but, uh, but I'm a, I'm gonna check right now. I'm putting his name in right now. Uh, but, Robert, I, mean, regardless, I think, oh, that says no. He's, he's out. Yeah. From the NBA, the first, uh, news article that popped up, it said Celtics anticipate playing the first round without Robert Williams. That's big time because this is a matchup where I think you definitely need Robert Williams. I think you need to take advantage um, of, of a presence down low. Um, but damn, dude. I don't even know who I, who I think will go with. I mean, if, if the Nets play like they did today um, – they're going to be very difficult to beat. But I do believe in the Celtics at the same time. I think this one's definitely going to go to seven for a fact. I think, um, I think honestly, this series is going to come down to uh, who on the Celtics steps up. Because I think Tatum, you're, you for sure know what you're going to get from Tatum. Um, I think like players like uh like smart or uh or like a uh, yeah i think it's really going to depend on the celtics uh, and 
um, what you're going to get because you know what you're going to get from KD, Kyrie. And um, I think the role players on the Nets uh, played super well. Um, I mean, you saw how good Bruce Brown was tonight. The dude looked like Draymond Green out there. It was kind of crazy um, when they blitz on the pick and roll and he's finding um, finding his guys in open space, which is a scary sight to see uh, playing against them. But I think mm, I want to go with, with Brooklyn in seven. All right. Uh, I'm honestly going to agree with you, Brooklyn in seven, just looking based off of their season series matchups, obviously no Kyrie, no Kyrie. Let me check what this February 6th game is, uh, Boston, that was a home game. So Kyrie did not play that game. So, uh, the Nets won the first game by almost 20. Uh, Celtics won the second game by almost – they beat them by 35. And then the Celtics took the late February game in by 23. And then the Celtics beat the Nets in March. And I think Kyrie played that game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so the Celtics took the series season series three to one. Uh, obviously, Kyrie not playing at least three of those games. Uh, you can – say what you want about it. Uh, the Nets are, when healthy, especially if uh, Ben Simmons plays, uh, I could see them, I do see them beating the Celtics in seven. It's going to come down to how they play overall collectively. They do have some defensive issues, but overall, like tonight, they played very good defense. I mean, they almost gave up the lead and as the Cavs almost came back, but I do feel that Brooklyn and the Celtics not having Robert Williams down in the paint, Drummond might be able to feed Drummond and Claxton. Let me, let me rephrase that. They might be able to feast down low. Cause I, while Tice and Horford are good defenders, uh, I don't think Tice will, can handle a guy like Drummond or Claxton down low. Uh, as for the Celtics, I do believe that Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown will show up. Uh, it's just going to come down to guys like Derek White, Grant Williams off the bench. Uh, I forget who else is on that team off the top of my head, but uh, it's just going to come down to the role players. As we said, uh, I, I think Brooklyn will win in seven, but I would not be surprised if Boston were to win in seven either, but I got Brooklyn as well. Excited to see that series. That's going to be one for the for the history books. Should we move to the West? Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's go. Do you want to? We we said we put Timberwolves at eight, right? Yeah, let's okay. put the Timberwolves at eight. All right, so, so we're so, on the same page. So Phoenix, Minnesota. Give me Phoenix already. Give me Phoenix. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think they're going to go on another run. I think they got some fire in them um, that they did everything like it wasn't a fluke year for them. Um, they didn't have a cakewalk to the finals and they proved that they are that team. Um, I don't know. I, I think Minnesota is too inexperienced and um, a little too, I guess, inconsistent um, with their guys. Uh 
either way. And I mean, the Suns have been a model of consistency this entire season. And I think um, Book is coming out with something to prove. CP, this, you know, you're always going to say it might be his last year coming out um, and have have a deep playoff run. But I think um, give me Phoenix in four, man. (laughs) Not much to be said. Not much to be said in this series. Phoenix in four. Phoenix. Four. Phoenix and do do we need to explain Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Macau Bridges, DeAndre, Cam Johnson, Cameron Payne? Like this team is stacked. Uh, arguably the best team. Uh, well, not even arguably, they are the best team in the league. Uh, would you say the favorites to win the title? Favorites? Um, I mean, in my eyes, yes. Yes, but to Vegas, maybe not. I don't know. I haven't I haven't looked at on on all that stuff. But I mean just being the number one team in the NBA, I think they should put you as favorites. If not, then that's more to my point that they do not get the love that they deserve in the media. I agree. Uh Phoenix of four. Yeah, uh not not much needs to be said about this series that series. But let's move on to the four or five. Dallas and Utah. This is one that I don't think they've ever played in the Luka Doncic era, have they, in the playoffs. But this is one I'm kind of excited to see. Uh, But I think, hmm, I mean, I I think this this series, if if you get everything – if you get everything from from Donovan Mitchell, Rudy, and the rest of the Jazz, and Luca is Luca, I think this game is the series is going to seven. Um, I think this. I don't know. Luca is a playoff performer. Um, as young as he is, he does what he's supposed to do um, in the playoffs. I think it's just the rest of his team that doesn't step up this time and. I think that's what it is going to come down to is if uh, the Mavericks collectively can can uh, get their their stuff together. Um, but I mean, I don't I don't know. I, I the 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 Twitter NBA fan in me wants to say Dallas in, in in seven because the the Jazz will never win a first round playoff series. <laughs> but I could see the Jazz winning just based on their depth. And, um, the, I mean, Donovan Mitchell, he is also another playoff performer, too. Uh, but I'm good. I'm back and forth. I think I'm going with, with Dallas in seven. I didn't want to interrupt you, uh, so, I, so I let you get your point across. But you didn't see what happened to Luka, did you? To Luca? Yeah. I did. He hurt his ankle, but even on one ankle, I'm taking Luca Dodgers, buddy. Even that if man he is does, a different animal. Even if he doesn't play like the first two games. Is that what the report said? I thought he was just gonna like he was just questionable for the first game. There he's he's quite he's questionable, but like everyone like what it's a great I don't know if they said – I don't know if they actually, like, said it was a grade one or grade two. But if it is a grade one, like, the optimal recovery time is, like, oh, two dude. weeks. 
I, I saw what happened to him, but I thought he was just questionable. But, you know, when it's questionable and it's the playoffs and it's Luka, I thought he'd just be like, F it, I'll play. Nah, because uh, there was a – there yesterday on Twitter, I guess, like some guy who uh, – I guess he works for the Mavs. His friend, like, took a picture because he was at the hospital, and uh, Luka was, like, in a walking boot with, like, someone that else is- who was walking in. That has to be illegal <laughs> to take a picture. I'm like, that has to be illegal, man. <laughs> no, nah, but uh, but yeah, like, I don't, I don't know if I, I even said it. Like, if Luca, like, you don't want to, you don't want to chance it with the calf injury because, like, obviously, like KD, we thought he had a calf injury and he came back and for his Achilles. So, like, it's not an injury you want to chance. But like knowing Luca and knowing like the the fire and, and passion he plays with, I I wouldn't be shocked if like he said if they if the Mavs ruled him out the first two games and then like he's like I'm coming back for game three, or so mm-hmm. well, the oh I, I mean if that's the case and he's out too I don't see the Mavericks winning a game without Luka Doncic but. If he comes back fully healthy in three, he's winning four straight. I'm that confident in Luca, man. So you say the Jazz blew a 3 0 league? I mean, it, if that's the case, I won't be surprised. <laughs> but, but uh, I don't know. If, if Luca's out uh, more than like a game, I, yeah, I'll give it to the Jazz. But if Luca's playing, I think it, it'll go to seven, and I think Luca has to pull something out as he always does to to win it. Now that now that I get the news on that, I yeah. really thought he was just questionable, and Luca's a dog, and he's just gonna play through it. Nah. Let, uh, let's actually let, I'm gonna look it up because a lot I heard yesterday I heard he was questionable, and then. But they didn't. They didn't want to like actually like say, "Oh, is he coming back or is he like out?" But uh, let's see. So the first, the first article that popped up is an ESPN article, and it says no timetable on the return of Dallas Mavericks Luka Doncic as MRI confirms he is diagnosed with a calf injury. This is a calf strain, but how? What's the time on the calf strain though? Uh, when I looked it up, they said it was seven, like, if it's a grade one, it's seven to 10 days. But if you want to like be fully healthy, it's like two weeks. It says, uh, I don't think it said what it is, but yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. I mean, do you think the the Mavs have a shot without a Luka? No. They're yeah, absolutely in, not. Their entire offense is built around Luka. They traded their other star for, uh, for Spen- obviously, for Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, who are both role players who actually have played well since they've gotten to, since they've been in Dallas. So, but not having Luca, who is the primary pick and roll ball handler outside of Jalen Brunson, 
Uh, he literally is running that offense. Like, without him, I don't think the Mavs have a shot. They may take a game or two, but they're not winning the series. They they probably will only take a game without Luka. So. <laughs> the the game is if Tim Hardaway Jr. drops 50. I don't even know if he's coming back. So. Uh, is he out too? Yeah, that he's just been shows out. you how much I've I've been watching Madden games, bro. <laughs> yeah, he's been out since he's been out since I want to say since February. Let me see. Is Timmy coming back? Oh no, he's out. It says, well, I don't know if this is a trustworthy source. This says Tim Hardaway Jr.'s foot is making progress, expected to miss the 2022 NBA playoffs. But as I said, I don't know if that's a reliable source. Uh, uh, well, I mean, if he hasn't played since February, he's probably right. I'm just a casual. <laughs> I know you've been watching college for the past like month, so the NBA, the NBA news was up to me. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, that's why. That's why we work so well together. Facts. Uh, I guess we can move on to the three and the six: Golden State, Denver. I would love to see this matchup. I'd love to watch it. Um, I, but dude, just uh, the offense in a, in a series between Nikola Jokic and the Warriors. I don't want to say Steph Curry because I think the Warriors in general, their offense is beautiful. Um, man, that's going to be such a fun, a fun series to watch. Um, hmm. I think, I think I have to go Golden State this one. Uh, Probably in like seven, six, seven, probably seven. I think Jokic is that good. I'm, I'm gonna say Golden State in seven. I think um, the the three is Draymond healthy? Before I say anything, and I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, he's been back. Yeah, he's been back. Right. Okay. I just wanted to double check before I start speaking again. But I think them three together in the playoffs. Um, in their element, really, and and the rest of the Warriors cast playing that well. I think Jokic being a one-man show. Um, I think Jokic is that good that he can he can pull out a couple games. But I'm saying Warriors in seven. So this season, uh, the Nuggets actually took the season series three to one. Uh, but all the games were literally – well, except for the last one, which the Warriors won. All the games were under seven points. The first game, the Nuggets won by three. The second game, the Nuggets won by one. And I think that was a buzzer beater. But I can't remember who the buzzer beater was by. Um, but anyways, yeah, they won that game on a buzzer beater. The third game, they won by seven. And the fourth game, the Warriors won by 11. But honestly, a matchup of my MVP, Nikola Jokic versus the Warriors, uh, depending on how well his his teammates play, if you get games like you do, if you get games like on occasion you do from Bones Highland, from Will Barton, from Bryn Forbes, who I kind of expect to be a huge X factor in this series, because if he sh- can shoot the ball well, uh, they've got a chance. You have Jeff Green, 
and Aaron Gordon down low to help Nikola Jokic. So I feel uh, the Nuggets will give the Warriors a game, or not a game, a series. As for the Warriors, uh, Steph, I don't, I think he's, I think he's, he, he should be back because he was, they, they literally rested him for like the last three weeks of the season. Uh, yeah. Clay, Clay Thompson, obviously last three games uh, has been hot from three, literally averaging probably 30 points on probably 45% shooting from three over the, his last three games. And as I expected, he would catch fire at least one. He'd catch fire before the end of the season. I knew it. Like, you don't play basketball for for two years. You're going to have your ups and your downs. But eventually, the Clay Thompson we all know and love was going to come back. Uh, I hope Andrew Wiggins can find his, pro, his pre-All-Star game form. Because post-All-Star game, he has been kind of I don't want to even use the word horrendous because that would be an overstatement, but he's been bad. And then you got Draymond Green, literally the the captain, the playmaker of the offense outside of Curry, uh, the heart and soul of this team. You have your you have your possible six man of the year in Jordan Poole and guys like Jonathan Kuminga, Juan Toscan Anderson off the bench. Uh, personally, I got Warriors in six. I would not be some, I would be shocked if it went seven, but I honestly got Warriors in six. I don't think a Nikola Jokic led Nuggets team without his two missing co stars, uh, is enough to beat the Warriors. Would be shocked if it happens, but uh, I got Warriors in six for sure, for sure. And as for the last matchup, I mean, we both said, I mean, taking the bias out, even though we are currently down right now, um, <laughs> we got Memphis and the Clippers. I mean, all bias aside, give me the Clippers. <laughs> give me the Clippers in, in seven. <laughs> I'm so serious. Give me the Clippers in seven. I think um, – Again, a quiet season. I think we have very veteran guys that, that play their role and know their role. Um, and we have not shied away from any any tough game this entire season. So give me, uh, give me them in seven. I think the Grizzlies don't have a lot of experience, though their depth is damn near just as good as ours, if not better. Um, but I don't know, dude. I'm I'm going with the underdog on this one. It probably is a little biased in me, but I'm going with the Clippers in seven. Nah, I was talking with uh, a lot of Clipper fans on Twitter, and uh, a lot of us think that we can beat Memphis if we do win tonight. We have our experience, uh, the acquisitions from the trade deadline and Rocco and Norman Powell put, serve to be huge in this series. And honestly, this is just a chess match of two Great teams with one uh, star player, John Morant versus PG, and great complementary players and uh, role players such as Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, for the Clippers at least, Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell. Rocco has been shooting the ball and playing defense at an elite level since he's gotten here. Uh, you got Zubat down low. And then for Memphis, Desmond Bain, second, second year league? 
yeah, second year leap. Uh, DeAnthony Melton and Tyus Jones off the bench. Uh, you've got Zaire Williams playing huge minutes as a rookie, uh, even when John Morant was out. And honestly, this team, as we all, as the stats have shown, uh, this team can play, they has played well without John Morant. They were 20 and two in the regular season without John Morant. So, I mean, this is literally just a chess match of two great teams coached by two good, uh, two great coaches, I should say, and Ty Lue and Taylor Jenkins, if I'm not mistaken. I almost lost my train of thought there, but Ty Lue and Taylor Jenkins. So I honestly got the Clippers in seven, but if Memphis beats us, it'll 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 be a great series, regardless. For sure, I think it, Memphis. Um, obviously, they're they're the favorites to win that that matchup. But um, shout out to Tyus Jones. I saw this stat on Twitter about um, his assist to turnover, turnover ratio. ratio. He has like, yeah, he broke the record. I it was it was like a crazy stat. He had like seven hundred something assists to like forty six turnovers. Yeah, I think that's it was like seven hundred four. Yeah, that's that's so crazy. Um, and I mean, is he up for a new contract? Because the Grizzlies better pay that man because he's as solid of a backup point guard as you would want. He's probably the the guy you want um, backing up your star point guard. Uh, yeah, he. I think. This year is his last year. The, the Grizzlies have a lot of decisions to make this offseason. Kyle Anderson, they weren't able to yeah. trade. So he's on. He's a free agent. I can't remember if he's unrestricted or restricted, but I'm pretty sure he's unrestricted. I think Tyus Jones should be – or not – yeah, Tyus Jones. Almost said Trey. Yeah, uh, I think <laughs> – Tyus Jones is, should be an unrestricted free agent. So they do have a lot of decisions to make this offseason. But it's one of those things. Who do they really bring back? Do they bring back? Do they bring back Kyle Anderson, or do they bring back Tyus Jones? Even though they have DeAnthony Melton off the bench already, I would say it. it that also depends on that, and it also depends on um, the draft. I think. Uh, I think those are two positional needs kind of that that wing depth I don't even want to say wing like big depth um and and very solid guard play um behind John I think if I'm not mistaken they have like a late first pick um but I mean we can get into the draft a different time it's my favorite time of the year though I had to mention it just slide it in there uh I mean I know it's early do you want to like go to the second round or should we just wait till when all the teams are settled and then we'll make our picks and all that. Let's wait. All right. Let's wait because watch us be completely wrong and neither the Clippers or the Wolves make it. (laughs) My Clippers and seven rent will be for nothing. All right. All right. I guess we can move on to uh, the awards for this season. Uh, I'm going to share my screen and I guess we'll do the awards together, I guess. All right. So, uh, we can go, we'll start with, we'll leave MVP for last, actually. So, we'll go with, we'll start with, oh, well, Coach of the Year. Uh, they already, like, sort of named who it was, which was Monty Williams. So, I guess we can just agree on that. 
because that's already I mean, there. He, I think he was he he was gonna be my pick either way. I think Money Williams deserves it for the second year. Yeah, so we can just we can just both agree on that. I mean, I had Ty Lue, but I, obviously Clippers bias there, but because of every oh, he was, be, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say Ty, Ty Lue was my number two, but I think uh, Monty Williams again producing another uh, great season, number one best team in the league in a franchise record of wins. Um, I think that has to to show for something, and you know, sitting atop of the entire league, I think he he is the favorite to win that one again. Anyways, so I guess. We can go to – you want to start with – oh, I actually forgot <laughs> one of these. Bless you. I actually forgot one of these, one of the most – one of the more important ones. guess we can start with Rookie of the Year. So right. – You want to oh, give your pick first? Uh, yeah, I was reading – I'll start. Yeah, I'll start. I was reading an article by Dan Devine, who works for The Ringer, and very well-known NBA journalist. Uh, works worked for the for Yahoo Sports prior to the Ringer, and he did a article listing his top three to top five. Uh, I guess you can call them nominees for all the awards. And for Rookie of the Year, as most people know, it's Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, and Cade Cunningham. On his, he had Scotty Barnes as his number one, Evan Mobley as his two, and Cade as his three. And honestly, I would go with – I honestly would go with Scotty Barnes just because he led this it's, – it's a toss-up because Scotty Barnes was a huge part – was a pivotal reason of why the, the Raptors made it to the five seed. But Evan Mobley has a great case because of the fact that he was leading – he was a huge reason why the Cavs were a top-four seed prior to them having all the injuries post all-star all-star break. So I'm as a, it's one of those cases where, and then you have Kate Cunningham who has been on fire late, who has been on fire since post all-star break. But this award I'd say is I like most awards is based on all season and the entire season. And so I would honestly give my vote to Scotty Barnes, but I wouldn't be opposed if like Evan Mobley got the award. These two players have been on fire the entire season. Uh, it just comes down to preference and who you think is better. So I got Scotty Barnes on my list. I think for me, my rookie of the year, um, I agree with everything you said. If, if Scotty wins it, you know, he definitely deserves um, the award if he ends up winning. I think it's definitely a toss-up between the two, but I think my pick has to go to Evan Mobley. Um, here again, you said all season. I think um, he's he's been so solid and so good for that Cavs team um, the entire season, literally from the first game. Um, but I think uh, – I guess this is hard to say, but I, I – I was going to say that that Evan Mobley, like the roles they have on their team um, and that Evan Mobley might have a bigger role uh, for the Cavs than Scotty Barnes does for Toronto. But I don't know if that's a case, if that is the case. 
Um, but I think just the, statistically, uh, the season that Evan Mobley's having um, on the defensive end as a rookie is is pretty remarkable. Um, but I mean, damn, I mean, they can't really go to, to any of the three. I think Cade's case, the only thing that hurts his is that he didn't play as many games. Um, and if he, if he played the way he played, even though he came off a little slow uh, to begin with, I think he definitely would be right up there. I mean, he is up there, but I'm saying he, he could very well be the, the runaway with the award. But, I mean, if I'm just making a pick. I'm going with Evan Mobley. All right, yeah. Uh, the article, I mean, he breaks down – Dan Devine breaks down the entire list of reasons for each player and why they are nominated and why they have a case for the award. I mean, obviously, we can't get into that because this pod would probably last for three hours if we were to do it on on every award. So we're just, like, running yeah. through it. Uh, I guess we can move into – you want to move in the sixth man of the year? Um. Even though it's, I mean, whatever order. Yeah, we'll yeah, move to yeah, we can six, go. We can go. We'll move to six man of the year. It's sort of obvious who it is. Uh, the on, No, <laughs> I'm dead. Uh, <laughs> uh, six man of the year. He has Tyler Hero, who is obviously my pick. Uh, Tyler Hero, Kevin Love, and Cameron Johnson. Uh, I'll um, start. Oh, but. I mean, we have the same pick. My pick is also Tyler Hero. Yeah, so Tyler Hero, I mean, just from the opening opening game, he came out firing on all cylinders. I think he scored like 20 plus points off the bench in like seven of the uh, seven of the Heat's first 11 games. And I think he's averaging, he's got to be averaging close to at least 20. Yeah, it's got to be averaging at least 20. This season, this season on at least 45%, at least 50% from the field and at least 42% from the 40% from three. Uh, this season, he's averaging 24, 24 and, well, no, no, my bad, 21, I'm a round up, 21, five and four on 45% from the field and 40% from three. Uh, literally, the stats just go to show you that he is the sixth man of the year. Uh, he's playing. There was this whole case that I've seen on Twitter that like, oh, he plays 33 minutes. But if we're really basing the six man award based off minutes, like a lot of the winners in the past who have won this award have played like more than who have played 30 minutes, such as a Lou Williams, such as a Jamal Crawford. They've played late games. For like, sure. Like to 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 narrow that award down to, oh, it's based on how many minutes you play off the bench. Like. Tyler Hero has been a huge catalyst for why the Heat are so good because Duncan Robinson has struggled a lot this year, struggled more than what his contract says. <laughs> but no, I'm uh, 100%. And again, like you mentioned earlier, this is a whole season uh, award, and Tyler Hero has been that the entire season. So, I mean, I don't think there's a question on who wins it. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for the other the other candidates for Kevin Love and Kevin Love and Cameron Johnson, Kevin Love, he got he he has been a solid player for 
the Cavs this year. Uh, honestly, I kind of wanted him to get out of Cleveland after after last year because I thought he needed to be on a contending team. But it just goes to show that he had loyalty for Cleveland, especially to just finish out his contract. And he turned that team from a fringe like lottery team to a board uh, should be playoff team. But uh, well, due to due to injuries, they might not make it. And then as for Cameron Johnson, Cameron Johnson being the sixth man for the Phoenix Suns, I mean, not much more needs to be said. Playing behind Macau Bridges and Jay Crowder off the bench uh, can could stretch the floor, play defense at an elite level. Like, there's no reason why he couldn't win it. It's just Tyler Hero has been hot from the beginning of the season. <laughs> yeah, well said. Uh, we'll move to, move to most improved, actually. Most improved player for Dan Devine. He has John Morant, number one, Darius Garland, number two, DeJounte Murray, number three, and he has missing the cut. He has Desmond Bain and Tyrese Maxey. I mean, so who who is your pick? Let, let, let's hear your pick first. My pick is Tyrese Maxey because Tyrese Maxey went from a eight point per game score to a 17 point per game score throughout the season in a year where the Sixers pretty much missed their second best player and Tobias Harris was struggling offensively for a huge chunk of the season. Um, and he he knew he had to step up in Ben's absence, and that's what he did. He averaged, I think, 17-4, and I want to say two – or no, 17, two rebounds and four assists on, I think, like – I want to say – let me let me look. But I think it's like 40, 40% from the field, but he shot – no, maybe I'm wrong. It might be 50%. But his three-point percentage went from, like, 30% to 42. And I think he ended up being, like, the third best three. He had the third best three-point percentage, I think, behind Luke Kennard. Can't remember the second player. And then he was third. But uh, he deserves the – he deserve. I think he deserves most improved player. Yeah, he, he had 17 – he averaged 17, 3, and 4 on 48% from the field and 43% from three. Uh, while John Morant has has had a great season, don't get me wrong, I think the 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 miss all the missed games, uh, all the games he missed, and the fact that his I don't want to say he his team played good without him, but I feel like we knew the jump was going to come. Obviously we didn't think it was going to happen this soon, but I think Tyrese Maxey has had has had most uh, a good most improved player year, especially given the fact that uh, he j- jumped his scoring averages by nine points per game. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think I said did I say Jordan Poole on this list? Oh no, I did not. Jordan Poole was another name on this list that uh, that a lot of that. Oh no, is Jordan Poole a second year player? Maybe not. Oh, well, it, no, it doesn't really matter. Um, Jordan Poole was uh, a name that a lot of people are mentioning for most improved, given the fact that he kind of took the same leap Tyrese Maxey did. But I think Tyrese Maxey being put 
in a situation where the Sixers are missing their second best player. And he stepped up in a huge way and was a big catalyst for why the Sixers were clinging on to that fifth, sixth seed for the most for the majority of the season until the James Harden trade uh, is a reason why I think Tyrese Maxey should win most improved player. Yeah, I think um, I've had my debates on it. I think um, the two names for me was DeJounte Murray and Maxey. Um, Jordan Poole, though he does reserve, deserve um, – his credit and everything. I just, I think he's, he kind of like just got hot at the right time, if that makes sense. Um, and I, my case for DeJounte, let me just give my pick here. My pick is also Tyrese Maxey um, for all the reasons you said, but I mean, I, I had to think about it for a while because DeJounte, um, I mean, just being the all-star caliber player, uh, like back to his full potential from from being injured for being down for for a while. Uh, I think the comeback he's had is is very. I mean, he's had a, a great season, um, and I think he is a reason why the, the Spurs have stayed competitive and they're in the play-in is is because of him. And um, that was kind of my take on why. Uh, I would have DeJounte there. Um, just the fact that, like, he, like, damn near single-handedly carried the Spurs to the, uh, to the playing spot. But, again, I have to give the edge to Maxi. I think um, from a number standpoint, like you said, he just jumped regardless. And even after the Harden trade, I don't even think his production went down um, at all, which is just a testament to how – much he's improved as a player. So I think Maxi definitely deserves it. Agreed. Uh, we'll move on to Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Mr. Devine has Bam Adebayo winning the award, Marcus Smart at number two, Mikal Bridges at number three, uh, and he has missing the cut, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Robert Williams. Who, who do you have for defensive player of the year? Personally, I like to give the – this is a toss-up because I – Macau Bridges is one of those players that just – Macau and Marcus Smart. Let me, let me show Mark some love because that man is a defensive juggernaut for the Boston Celtics. Uh, mm-hmm. Personally, I have – Macau Bridges because he was a huge part of the reason why the Suns were the number one seed but I wouldn't be opposed to to Bam Adebayo winning the award just because he could guard one through five uh but I have Macau Bridges winning that's interesting because I also have Macau Bridges uh, (laughs) coming into it my pick was my pick was Giannis um, early on in the season, but I mean, Mikel goes out. I mean, he, I don't even know how to, how do you even make it? Like he kind of makes defending look very effortless. I think um, he's very like nonchalant and just the way he plays, you wouldn't even like, 
like see him being like super aggressive, like like he would a, a smart or like a like a Pat Beverly. He's not a guy that comes comes out on defense um, like that. But I mean, he's one of the best defenders in the league. And again, like you said, a big part why the Suns are there. So yeah, my pick is Mikel. Could be a little bit of a homer pick by us. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna just make this known. We did not like we we were making our picks off the jump. Like it's not like oh we talked about it beforehand. Like this is just straight off the jump. Uh, yeah, I think the one reason why Bam's case might not be made is he missed games. Uh, he did he played fewer than sixty games, and that might be a knock on his case. But while and while the the Heat's defense is really good, uh, Macau Bridges is a huge catalyst to the number two ranked defense in the league, and Marcus Smart is has is case is made for the number one defense in the league. So you have two defensive players, uh, you have two wing players lead uh, being major catalysts for the number one and number two ranked defenses in the league. So I. It's just a toss-up of who would you rather prefer, and I we both have Macau Bridges at that point. You love to see it too because this is a big man award, mm-hmm. you know. So great to see two a wing and a guard at the forefront of this award. And now um, I think, oh god, yeah. Let, let's let's get into this. We got the same pick here. Yeah, I, we we've mentioned this like several times. Uh, yeah. For obviously for MVP, it's for both of us. It's Nikola Jokic. Reasons go beyond, and I don't care. Ah, uh, you whoever watches this can come at me in the in my Twitter DMs and all of that. I don't care. Um, Jokic led the well led his team. To what, what 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 is their record like 48 and something 48 and 34 being the only player the only star player on his team with a bunch of role players for the for the we'll basically say the entirety of the season because Michael P Michael P. Jordan Michael Porter Jr. only played nine games uh nine games this season but this man literally was putting up 26 13 and eight for the entire season. And then I think in the latter half after the all-star break, he was putting up like 30, like 16 and eight, like just outrageous numbers from a center that we possibly, we may see again, but it, it's, it can probably only be duplicated by a handful of players. Right. Uh, no knock to Joel Embiid at all. Cause he's had a fantastic season but I think the knock on him has to do with the fact that he got James Harden in the latter half of the season. So his looks primarily became easier compared to Joel, uh, not Joel, compared to Nikola Jokic, where he was run, basically facilitator, scorer, and, and and his defense went up, which was which a lot of people gave him knock for. Uh, his defense really improved. And I'm as we're not the biggest advanced stats people, like we know some of what some of the advanced stats and what they mean, but we're, we don't really look at it to the standpoint uh, most people do. Um, but when you just look at Nikola Jokic and his stats and his 
the games he had where he actually dominated, like it, like the case, there's no case. Plus, he literally is the only player to average two thousand points, one thousand rebounds, and what one is it one thousand assists? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. It was- yeah, well, yeah, two thousand, two thousand, one thousand, and one thousand. Uh, the only player that has, I think, that came close is Westbrook, who had, I think, 2,800 points, 800 – or no, maybe not 2,800 points, uh, 2,000 points, 800 assists, and 800 rebounds, which was his uh, MVP season. Your thoughts? I mean, you, you said it. I mean, I, I don't think there's a lot I have to say about why I'm giving this award to Jokic. The man deserves it. Another amazing season from him. And I mean, you take Jokic off the Nuggets, and I mean, you can imagine how that would go. But you said it perfectly. Exactly. And and one, I saw a post by by someone, and they were like using advanced stats to like say, oh, the Sixers advanced stats is better than Nuggets. But I'm like, and then I saw another, I saw another tweet where they were like saying, oh, Joel Embiid has the most 40 and 10 games in NBA history. And I'm like, that's not relative to like the argument being made that who's the most valuable player on their team. And I think, uh, I think Steve Ashburner, who's a writer for the NBA, for NBA TV, well, not NBA TV, but NBA.com, he said that he tweeted earlier today that like, if you want to, if you want an award based on like statistical, statistical evidence, you'd want a most offensive player of the year, right? As I've stated earlier, uh, earlier in an episode that they, they couldn't make a case to have a most offensive player of the year, similar to like the NFL. But if you're looking for a, player's body of work over an entire season and how much value they provide to their team you're going to have a most valuable player award and there's no doubt that if you take Nikola Jokic off of the Nuggets without MVJ and without Jamal Murray this Nuggets team is literally probably what tied with Houston and OKC for the worst record in in the in the Western Conference (laughs) gotta be gotta be 100% Compared to, I mean, I know the 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 Sixers got James Harden late, but if you have James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, maybe Tobias Harris shows up. But if you have that sort of team, like they are still, they're at least a play-in team, if not borderline play-in team. Like it, it, it like Nikola Jokic just this season has just been more valuable to this team. And there's, you can make all the arguments you want, but. The, the the facts and the stats and the evidence shows that Nikola Jokic is literally more valuable to his team than anyone any any of the other candidates for this award. But anyways, moving on, uh, I guess we can get into the All NBA All NBA teams. So Dan Devine, uh, I mean, uh, for this for this award, I feel like the NBA should just make it uh, positionless. But for <laughs> but for just to follow the NBA rules as if we were working in the NBA, quote unquote, or had a vote, uh, we'll just go just use positions. So Dan Devine and 
his first team is literally my first team. It's Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Giannis, and Nikola Jokic. I think um, mine kind of – I have one player different. Um, instead of Tatum, I have LeBron James. Hmm. Would you like to elaborate? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jason Tatum, uh, for sure. I could, I could see that both ways, but um, I don't know, man. Oh, this like even even with the record being as bad um, as the Lakers. Uh, have been. I think that the games they have won is because of LeBron James. I mean, there's uh, he's damn near led the league in scoring. Um, he was right there. I don't know, dude. Like, t- I could see Tatum for sure because just based off of record and just the consistency and everything. But Probably a bit of a homer pick for me. I mean, <laughs> there's a reason why I'm nowhere near uh, getting a ballot. But, <laughs> yeah, give me LeBron James. But my second team, Tatum, is for sure on there. Okay. Uh, let me just fill out mine, and then we can move on to the I, second I do team. Think, I do think our the first team, everyone that's on there uh, – very deserving of first team. I don't think there's any question about it. I think the only thing is that the NBA should take off position locks because uh, I think Joel Embiid deserves uh, first team for sure. If if they took off positions, who would your fir- what would your first team look like? First team for me is Luca Devin, uh, Luca and Devin Booker in the backcourt stays. Uh, my First team would be Giannis, or my front court, I should say, would be Giannis, Joel, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, 100%. I think everyone can agree on that, too. So that spot definitely should go to Joel Embiid. But you said Jason Tatum in the front court. So let me change that. Mm -hmm. All right. So for Mr. Divine's second team, Obviously, he has Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, DeMora, DeRozan at the forward spots, and the guards are John Durant and Stephen Curry. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. I mean, mo- yeah. The backcourt is, yeah. Yeah, you can't argue with I, Stephen I don't Curry. Think you can't argue with Steph and Ja. That's. That's for sure. Those two are locks. I think if Ja played, if Ja never got injured, he was definitely um, taking the first team spot. I think that's the only thing against him. Oh, wait. So so you have – do you even – you have DeMar on the third team, I'm guessing. I do. Okay. I had to, I had to pick between the DeMar and Jason Tatum – that that was my predicament because, um, like, I want to give it to Demar because of everything he's done this season. I mean, amazing season, but 
I mean, Jason Tatum and the damn Celtics have been so good post All Star break. I had to give it to JT on the <laughs> second team. It's a tough out, dude. I, I don't even, I don't even know how I would how how people do this <laughs> for real. <laughs> I, I guess this is why there's so much controversy. But it's like, man, it's it's such a tough. Sp- decision to make between all these guys I mean I think uh, all the NBA teams I guess the first and second team are pretty consensus yeah the third team is sort of where for the most part yeah the third team is sort of where uh, like it's kind of pick your poison in a sense Um, so for his third team, Dan has at the guard spots, he has Chris Paul and Trey Young. And then at the in the front court, he has Pascal Siakam, LeBron James, and Carl Anthony Towns. What do you got for your third? That's literally like my third team. Okay. Um, my backcourt. Uh, yeah, it's the same thing. Chris Paul, Chris, Chris Paul, Trey, and then I have Demar Derozan, Julius Randle, and Carl Anthony Towns. Chris Paul, Trey Young, Trey Young, and I mean for this list, it's not even like you can't argue. I mean, obviously, you can, like, mix and, mix and match. Wait, you have LeBron. Oh, wait, no, you have DeMar for on the third team. So, yeah, that I was like, wait a minute. But you said you had DeMar for the third team. Um, yeah, it's DeMar and Julius Randle. Julius Randle? <laughs> I thought I was going to catch you on that this, one. This man trolling right now. Okay, almost. <laughs> but I, uh, you got – you almost got – you almost had me there. But, uh, but Demar on third team. I the only reason why I have LeBron on the third team is because of obviously the Lakers season. Uh, n- not discrediting what LeBron did because he was arguably he's not even arguably he was the main reason why the Lakers were even sort of successful this season. Um, but with their record and them not making the playoffs and them being the only and him being the only player on this list of the three all NBA teams to not make the playoffs. I just think that kind of has to discredit him from the first two teams, first two all NBA teams. So I just put him on the third. And completely fair. fair. It's just that um, LeBron James, (laughs) <laughs> hey, he gets he gets passes, but he doesn't get a pass for the NBA team. I'm gonna just let him know that. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, uh, we'll go to the all. We'll go to the all rookie team. So, all rookie. Uh, we'll start with the first team. All, which is, I mean, ours probably are similar. Uh. First team for 
Mr. Devine is Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Cade Cunningham, Franz Wagner, and Herbert Jones. Is that is that your your first team? Yeah, you can't really. I don't think there's anyone you could really put in front of uh in front of any of those guys. Herb Jones was a real big catalyst for why the Pelicans were able to get the ninth seed as a rookie. So, uh, yeah, he he makes the first team over a guy such as like Jonathan Kuminga. Yeah, no arguments. I'm with that. All right. So guards. Now we might I think I think my list for the second team is going to differ than uh than Mr. Devine's. I will agree with that just based off what I what I see. Who's oh wow. Wait, Kate Cunningham. Uh, I get uh, this one isn't even positionless, so we'll just go Scotty Barnes. Just put their last names. Okay. Yeah. Barnes. Wagner. Look at Cat. Cat's complaining. Really? What's the score? Because while I'm typing, I'm not really looking at it. So. Up to. All right, so we as I as I predict as I predicted it would be close. I didn't think we were just going to sort of run over them. Um, oh, that's that's cat's fifth. Oh snap! Okay, <laughs> sorry to whoever's listening to this. We are really excited for this game. <laughs> uh, you ready to hear second team? Yeah. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm in this game. Yeah. No, no, you good. I mean, I'm sort of looking up at my TV screen as well. Uh, second mm-hmm. team, he has Josh Giddy, Io DeSumo, Jalen Green, Bones Highland, and Jonathan Kuminga. Hmm. I think. I think Kuminga was. I didn't. I did not have Kuminga in that spot. Who would you replace him with? Re- repeat it again. It was Ayadisumu, uh, uh-huh. Josh Giddy, Jalen Green, mm-hmm. Bones Highland, mm-hmm. Jonathan Kuminga. Right. Yeah, I didn't have Kuminga there. Um, I had Chris Duarte. Hmm. Chris Duarte, who was uh, – I mean, it was either him or Ben Simmons. I had to pick one, and I picked Chris Duarte. I mean, I, I think Chris he, – he came off to the season very strong, looking like he could have made our rookie first team. But I think um, he's very, very solid the rest of the year. I don't know, dude. I had to – I gave Chris Duarte the edge just over the fact that he's he did it the whole season, I guess. I mean, I, to be honest, I have the same list. It's just, and I I might be hated by some people, but I took off Josh Giddy for, for Chris Duarte. Interesting. See, that is one that I would, I, I, 
my debate was between Herb Jones and Josh Giddy on the first team. That was my debate. Giddy was a lock to make my rookie team for sure. Like I'm looking, I'm looking at the the rookie stats. They both played the same same amount of games. Uh, Chris Duarte played 55. Josh Giddy played 54. They both finished the season injured. Uh, Chris Duarte shot better than Josh Giddy. Obviously, Josh Giddy made up for the for the. I want to say I don't want to say lack of scoring because he put up like triple doubles, um, but he made up for it with his assists and rebounds. But I think Chris Duarte. Uh, ah, you know what? I might I might keep it the same. Actually, keep Josh Giddy on there. Actually, that Chris Duarte has an argument, but uh, yeah, just keep it the same. To be honest. <laughs> There, there, I can make the argument, but it might not. It it probably backfire in that. So we'll keep Josh Giddy on there, to be honest. Giddy. Desumu. Desumu. Green. Highland. And Kuminga. Uh would you want to do a hypothetical third team in that in this case? Uh would I want to? Sure. Who, who's are we going off of yours? Because uh, Dorte would be the odd guy out because I was very between um with Kuminga anyways. Wait, who did you replace in your second? You replaced it Duarte with Kuminga. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay, so third team, at least for me, I have Duarte. I have Duarte, and you have Kumika. Kumika. Okay, so on my third team, just based off of the rankings I'm looking at, I have I have Alfred Shangoon. I have uh, Dave. Oh, that that was another one I forgot. I have Davion Mitchell, Alfred Shangoon. Uh Corey Kispert was a rookie this year. Dang. Uh <laughs> moving on. I didn't even realize that. Um, anyways. I have Alperin Shingoon, Davion Mitchell, Zaire Williams, and my last pick was I think I had I think I threw Jalen Suggs on there just because. But he was like a debatable pick. <laughs> Not your guy in Washington. Oh, Corey. Ah! Yeah. I mean. It could go both ways. Uh, uh, yeah, well, yeah. We'll take. We'll throw Corey on there. I didn't, I Corey, forgot he was a rookie. Corey. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, twenty-two year old rookie. Uh, so I have Shingoon. Shingoon. How do you spell that? Just oh. U N. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, I had Mitchell. Davion. William. Mitchell. Williams. And Kispert. I'm trying to type one finger. Uh, Kispert. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have the last four at least. Yep. All right. All right. We'll move on to the all defensive teams for this one. He has an article he has for defensive for the first team. He has at the guard spots. Marcus Smart and Macau Bridges, and in the front court, Jaron Jackson, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, and I actually agree with it. Even though Macau Bridges is he, he partially played guard, he if he's the defensive player of the year, he kind of has to be on the first team. <laughs> We're not having a right, Marcus Hall. You see that? That's that's what my question was because is he a guard or is he a forward? Because in when I was making my first team on defense, he was a forward. So who was out? Of of the names you said? Yeah. My my out was Giannis. No, Giannis isn't even on first team. Oh, who'd you say? I said his first team was Macau Bridges, Marcus Smart, Jaron Jackson Jr., Bam Adebayo, Rico Bear. It was Jer- it was Jaron Jackson, it was Jaron Jackson. Um, I have and- Rudy, I have Bam, and then Mikhail, and then I have uh, Smart, and then that other guard spot. I gave it to Dejounte. Dejounte. Murray. Oh, well, he he did lead the league in steals, didn't he? In steals, yeah, okay. he did. And I was considering uh, Mikhail as a forward. So you have Murray. You said Smart, right? Yeah, smart bridges. Bridges. You, Adebayo, Gobert. Okay, Adebayo. I was about to say, did you have Giannis or no? I mean, wouldn't Bam be a center? Well, I guess here it's a forward, huh? I mean, he played both. Nah, that's true. Uh, and then for me, I had smart. I took Jaron Jackson off the first team. I moved him to the second and threw Giannis on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're still all defensive team, so like it, it doesn't matter if you're first or second. But uh, yeah. while Jaron Jackson, well, may- oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that he was my out. If if Bridges, if I consider Bridges a guard, I would definitely put Smart Bridges then throw Giannis in there. But I had to give Bridges uh, the forward spot. I don't know. They just change up positions to fill stuff in. That's what I don't understand because who's the backcourt in Phoenix? Right? Booker. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So that that was my impression of why I put him as a a forward. And a bio. Go Bear. And then for his second team, he has at the full, at the front court spots Joel Embiid, Robert Williams, Giannis, and then the guard spots Matisse Thybulle and Fred VanVleet. 
my pick, I had I had Freddie, oh. Matisse. I had Freddie, Matisse, Giannis, Jaron Jackson, um, Joel. So you had Van Fleet, Matisse, Thibault. Thibault. You had who? Giannis. Uh, I'm copy and paste. Triple J. I do not feel like spelling. Triple J and, uh, and Joel. Jackson Jr. Update. Um, up five. Minute twenty in the first, in in the first and third. Okay. So we hang it on. Cat oh, really has five. That smart, and I knew Tyloo was gonna make have a way to make him foul out or play, uh, or he was going to have to foul on some possessions. Um. Well, that fifth foul he picked up because they called it a push off. I actually have Dejounte Murray, Cybul. I have DeJounte Murray. Matisse was one. Matisse was one that I didn't know if he was a guard or forward, but I just counted him as a guard. Jackson Jr. Uh tell me why Marcus Morris looks like a like a a great value brand Carmelo Anthony right now. Uh I have Robert no. I have Robert Williams. And I have Embiid. All right. So I guess that's it. Dude, hold on. What? PG just got caught for a push-off because he dropped off Jaden McDaniels. Wait. I don't think that was a push-off. I mean, I get I mean we are done with the pod. We probably do you want to do a sporkle game that I found? It's based on MVPs. Uh, you think we can get it through quick? Yeah, it'll, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of the MVP, so <laughs> we should. All right, let's we go, should. Let's go, let's we go, should. Let's at, go. We should at least be able I'm to fired run up. this quick. All right, I'm let me fu- put my Ooh. mic down. Jeez, I'm fired up though. All right, put my mic down. Let me move my phone back. This is gonna be kind of difficult. I didn't know we're going to the very first one. All right. I mean, we can work our way. We can work our way from last year down, but I, I have a feeling I know who most of these are. All right, ready? Let's go. Seven minutes. Yep, we're off. All right, Jokic. Uh, you, uh, Did I? Oh no, and that's I always I always do that. There we go. I couldn't even tell you. Uh, <laughs> I always add that Ed Pardon. You have Westbrook, Curry, Curry, unanimous, 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 unanimous. Durant, Durant, James. James. You get a couple of them. Yep. Uh, Bulls, Rose. Rose. Shout out to D Rose. Kobe, Kobe. You got Dirk. No way. Uh, Nash, back to back. You have Garnett, KG. You have Duncan. Should Timmy. be yeah, both years. Uh, AI, AI. You have Shaq, Shaq, O'Neal. 
you have Malone. Oh, uh, Malone will fill out a lot of them. Jordan should be on here at least five times. Uh, Spurs, 94-95. Rob- yeah. Robinson, you have Rockets, Hakeem. Elijah, uh, oh, I would say, yeah, I would say Hakeem. <laughs> uh, Phoenix is Barkley. <laughs> I, was, I was, sorry, my bad, wrong year. No, you were good. Uh, Lakers, what did we, Johnson? Yeah, okay. Uh, Magic, Bird for Boston, that yeah. should be obvious. Larry Legend. Uh, Sixers. Sixers. We'll skip. Would the cream? Yeah, I was gonna say. Let's just skip to the ones we know. We, we uh, know the Portland. Bill. Oh yeah, Bill. Walton. No way. Oh wow. <laughs> McAdoo, Braves. For, McAdoo. McAdoo for the Braves. Uh, Boston. Boston. One of these is Koozie, so I, I I know that. Oh, he's all the way at the top. Oh, he's <laughs> all the way up there. Uh, Russell. Who else? We got Russell. No. Well, okay. Uh, Boston. Chamberlain is on here a lot. And then uh, one Robertson. of these. Huh? Cincinnati Royals. I'm going with the big O. Oscar Robertson. Oh, Robertson. Okay. Uh, one of these. Oh, I think it is it the oh, St. Louis Hawks. One of these is like Bob Pettit. No, for Maybe. sure. It's probably the first one. Yeah. Two T's up front. There we go. Oh, two. Gotcha. All right. Um, Did Wes Unseld win an MVP? I think so. Wes Unseld. Uh, the Knicks. Knicks. Frazier? Nope. Uh, oh, um, no. Really yeah, sweet. Really sweet. Really sweet. Oh, uh, uh, Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia Sixers. We have three minutes, so we're fine. Uh, Boston, 72-73. That would be... No. Uh, you probably spelled it wrong. That's a good guess, though. Have check. I'm pretty sure that's not how you spell it. I'm pretty sure that's how you spell it. John Havlicek. Yeah, I spelled it right. Uh, who's on the Sixers? Oh, Irving. Oh, bro. There we go. So, So one. Uh, we're just missing 72-73 Boston. That was before McKe- That was before Mikel and Perry. Wait, could it be? Nope. Okay, no it was before that. Yeah, I was about to say it's no before. Way he won MVP. We're missing an easy one, and I know, and, and I know we are. Ah. Uh, 7273 Boston. Who's before Dennis Johnson? No. For? No way. No Can't way. be Dennis Johnson because we already had magic. Yeah, it was, it was no way. I'm just going through Celtics players. Uh, it has to be uh it's gotta be a white guy. It's gotta be a white guy here. Um, Sam Jones? Sam Jones? Nope. Oh, I really had faith in that one after I said it was a <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
who could it be? Mm. Got a minute and 30 left. Uh, oh, I, I know who it is. And he played for Phoenix. Nope. Okay. Oh. oh, no, 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 no. I spelled his name wrong. You spelled West. it wrong. I just saw it. I just saw it. Is that how you spell it? Westfall. I, I don't know. I just know there's an H in there somewhere. I don't know how to spell it, though. Uh, Damn, George, we're going to be so mad at ourselves after this. Paul Pierce? Wait, no. Uh, who else was on there? Sanders? Tom Sanders? No. Uh, oh, I know who it is. I, I know who it is. Dave Cowens. Oh, my God. Dave Cowens. God damn it, Dave Cowens. I knew it was a white guy. That, that, too bad. That Celtics Not team had no names outside of John Havlicek. Bob, no, John Havlicek isn't even on. No, yeah, he is on that team. John Havlicek, uh, Dave Cowens, JoJo White, Tom Sanders, Paul Silas, and a bunch of other names on there. But, like, I forget. I Dave Bob Pettit was the, the OG. Yeah. Remember, he's – before before Westbrook, remember, he was the, the only – or he is the only MVP to win with a losing record. <laughs> So I'll stop sharing, and I guess we can uh, we can close out and finish watching this Clipper game once we turn this pod off. <laughs> For sure. All right. Uh, anything else you want to say? Anything else I want to say? I think next pod or in the future, look out for some NBA draft talk. Um, probably post playoffs, so it might be a while. But just look, be on the lookout for that. My mock drafts are coming soon. My big board coming soon and everything. So be ready for that. You can take the lead on that one because, you know, I only had, know a few things about that. Uh, as for me, I don't have anything else I want to say. Uh, I mean, these are going up on YouTube. So if you see them on YouTube, you can like, share, and subscribe. And uh, they're going to be on Spotify and all, like, the other podcasts, like Apple and all that. So give us five stars because we do know basketball. And we I'm going to try at least to get other people, like friends and other podcasters and YouTubers that people may know on here uh, as guests just to talk basketball because this is a game that is enjoyable, enjoyable to me, enjoyable to Carlos, enjoyable, enjoyable to all of us. And uh, – Last words, that those were my last words. So uh, I guess this is episode four of the Four Out and One In podcast with your host, George Hamilton III. Carlos Costas. And we're signing off.